Well, I'll invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of James. And I'll be open open and transparent that this won't be the, the easiest message to, to get across because it does hit home in many different areas, I think, for all of us and what we've seen over the past two years. And maybe not so much seen here in, in our little community here at, at Coldstream Baptist Church, but I don't think we're ignorant of what's going on, I'm going to say, in the, the church scene all over New Brunswick, um, all over Canada, and, uh, you know, whether it's regarding masks was such a divisive thing, um, and this is probably about a year and a half ago, dividing churches, dividing memberships, um, vaccine passports, singing has been a divisive thing. I mean, it's just... It, and it's, it's not just going to go away on the 14th, is it? We're going to recognize that damage has been done. Helen and I were talking about this at, at the kitchen table yesterday. You know, whether it's right or not, whether it's your, you know, regardless of what side you're on it, the hurt's been done, right? And as I'm, I'm working through chapter 3 of James, there's hurt you know, leaders have, have burnt up forests. <laughs> you know, like the destruction, destruction has happened. And, and it looks a certain way. And that's kind of, I don't know, part of me there just this week and, and, and even this morning quieted myself. Like, we almost have to hit it head on and call it what it is in order to move past. Right? And, and, and perhaps this isn't just for, for us. Perhaps this is as we're talking to other believers from other churches. And, and, and we'll may, as the Lord leads, I, I may give testimony to something that Chris and I experienced um, with us. But it does look a certain way. You know, when, when Christ is building his church, it looks a certain way. <laughs> you know, when Christ's leaders are, are leading it looks a certain way. It may not be drawing thousands, but it looks a certain way. And as James is writing this, it's, it's a rebuke because it's not looking Christ's way. Right? What, what's being built is of man, it's not of Christ. And then just maybe with that title on the top of your, your, your notes, you, you are building Christ's house, and this comes with a warning. And so we're just going to take our time through this. I, I'm not in any way promoting any political or medical or personal um, opinions or sides. I, I, just, I just want to, to present what James is saying about building Christ's church. So let me pray. And uh, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just think of the time that's ahead. We think of these verses. And I, I've read these verses many times over the course of my life thinking about my tongue thinking about just tension and troubles and and even you know technically understanding what earthly sensual and demonic wisdom is and and being able to to maybe explain it without thinking of 
the hurt that it causes, the, the, the tension and, and, and brokenness that perhaps people can't see that's under the surface of, of people that sit in pews. Lord, I've, I've never read this passage recognizing what Satan can do until now. Lord, and I think of the hurt, I think of division in families. Lord, I think of just the, the mountain that we haven't even begun climbing yet to restoration and reconciliation amongst ourselves. And again, I'm thankful for, for this church family. I know there's been hurt. I know there's been, there's been tension. Lord, I know there's, there's been frustration here in this church family, but nothing like what I hear through the grapevines, nothing, nothing like split memberships, nothing like churches want to start another church uh, for those that think the way that they do. Lord, it, it's just such a hurtful thing. And I pray as we work down through this text that we would understand that this is real. This isn't just a, a Sunday school lesson. And that, Lord, we have, we have things we have to work through uh, to restoration following this. And uh, Lord, I just pray there for your wisdom and just your leading in the moments ahead. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. So we start out in point number one, and then we've covered it and then recovered it. Such an important part that as teachers uh, in the church, your task is to teach the word, right? It's the foundation. Christ has given us the instructions for for building his church. I mean, just right from the very premise of what he tells Peter, you know, on this rock, I will build my church. It's on him. It's on his instructions. When the apostles spoke, it was from the throne through his spirit to the people. This is how we're starting this. This is how we're going to function. Um, the apostles trained their disciples, right? The same thing, doctrines for faith and practice. So uh, we would all agree this morning that we are building Christ's church, following his word, right? That, that's the beginning, final authority. We would agree that, that when a, a pastor or a deacon or any, anyone that's teaching, right, edifying the body of Christ, they speak for Christ as they explain and teach his word, right? We speak for Christ. And ultimately, and I shared this last week and probably the week before, uh, two weeks before, right? I answer to Christ for how I obey this, right? As I speak, I, I will answer for Christ. I answer for Christ now, and I will answer for Christ, same as anybody who handles the word of God. And that's where I bring that parenting principle in, because parents are teachers. Parents are, I mean, they do a lot more edifying and discipling than a pastor does 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Right, so there's a, a seriousness to this. There's a seriousness to this, this being in fellowship, being in obedience. But when we proclaim the word of God, and even the parenting principle, uh, we answer for our obedience, but the people, right, the, the listener, even, even the child, right, they are responsible for their own obedience. Right, so that's the, the importance of keeping it on the rock, keeping it on Christ's foundation, um, keeping it on the word of God. And, they, and it goes forth and the people have to respond to that. And when you quiet yourself with that, that's where it kind of gets interesting. Because Peter, right, in Matthew 16, he decided that there was something wrong. 
to the place where he decided, you know what, I have to rebuke Christ. Again, serious thing. But what we've heard for the past two years in the midst of the church, it's been very, very alarming how much biblical principle and word of God has been used. And that's where they started taking a serious note for me. Okay? I mean, it, it, it has to begin. It's Christ's church. This is not my ideas. This is not my opinion. This is not my concept. And I just like to just maybe read 6 down to 12, and I just want you to think about how much damage has been caused by my ideas, my opinions, my concepts. Verse 6 says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by... Right? Your, your translation probably says hell, Gehenna. Okay? There, there's a, an earthly, sensuous, demonic, Satan-behind-it influence that hurts people has no place in building Christ's church. Right? It causes damage. Sometimes that damage is so severe that that church doesn't recoup from. Right? It doesn't come back from it. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. There's been a lot of damage. My way, this is what I think. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We've seen that in the midst of the church families. Now again, I'm thankful for, for our church family, but, but you go to Moncton, I know my father-in-law's pastor in Moncton, total different scene when you're inner city church. Right? You go to Fredericton, total different scene. Right? Even in the midst of, of rural churches, I mean, how... How is it that people are on so far ends of the spectrums when this is our guide? My ideas, my concepts, my opinions. It's terrifying. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. I include pastors in that too, cursing your leaders, cursing your deacons, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just such a, a prevalent thing. Who have made, been made in the pardon me, similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Whether you're a leader, whether you're a deacon, whether you're someone sitting in the pew, God says it's not okay. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? I mean, does a, does a, a good thing and a bad thing come out of the <laughs> The same heart. I mean, it, 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 if you're in fellowship with Christ, those things there don't mix. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Some of the things that we've studied. At that point there, I'm not looking at the individual that's expressing their opinion and going, I don't know whether you're saved or not. Because right? there are many believers who just have a problem with their own opinions. Their, their Bibles are closed. And you have these two things coming out of the, the same mouth. It, it, just, it, it doesn't work. But I would look at that person expressing opinion that's causing hurt 
and, and, and division and unruly wickedness and all those things that are going on. And I would say, you know what? You are not walking with Christ. There is some sin in your life and there's some broken fellowship going on. And we see that, and that's, that's kind of that, that touchy side of things that we have to call it for what, what it is. So James had worked through verses 1 down to 12 with what a Christian with a self-agenda sounds like. All right, Just listening to them with a self-agenda. They're not attached to, to Christ. They're not in fellowship with Christ. And that's what it sounds like. Just thinking through what... <laughs> You know, illustrate that a, a little bit. You know, when you're talking about working and building Christ's church, because I said so, has no place in leading, instructing, and teaching people. Now, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, well, I'm going to say that I, I could almost guarantee I've never, you guys have never heard that. I'm just thinking through Pastor Mike. I can't think Pastor Mike ever saying that. We're going to do this because I said so. Right? Maybe when he was young. No, I, I wouldn't say that on there. But, but, but think with me. You know, as a leader building Christ's church, because I said so, has no place in leading, instructing, and teaching people. It has no place. And yet, yet I read books about it. I read books about bullying. I read, read books about people in the pews going, no, this is what we're going to do because I feel we're going to do it. That has no place when you're building Christ's church. Um, because pastor, and I mean fill in the blank, says so, it has no place in following Christ. It, it is always, ba- building Christ's church is always on a spirit-led, biblical text, and a look here, this is what God says. And this is where we're going to step into verse 13, that who is wise and understanding among you? It isn't just, oh, I understand what Jesus says, <laughs> and, and, and you're going to do what I say. That's not how it works. Right? Does it work in parenting? Can you tell a child what to believe with a closed Bible and they just say, okay, yeah, I'm going to be an angel for the rest of my life? No. So why would it work in a church atmosphere? It doesn't. Right? Again, it, it, it is a spirit-led thing. When you're teaching, when you're leading a church, when you're leading your family, it is showing them this is what Jesus says. You know, it's not just, oh, you're not supposed to lie. Well, no, God says it's bad and, and you'll go to hell because you lie. Well, no, it, that's not how it works. You say, look, this is what Jesus says about the heart and lying. Your teenager is struggling with lust, pornography. You don't just tell them it's wrong and God, God says it's bad. You show them, right? Lust is, begins in the eyes, right? It's when your heart's not right. Jesus speaks to this. You show them from Scripture and they understand Okay, this is how God leads in it. And leading a church is, is no different. Right? And James is rebuking these men because there is selfish ambition. There's envy, and, and we'll get to that. I just thought, what a, what a key point here to, to grasp this morning. It's always because Christ says so. It's always because Christ commands. It's always because that is, it's, it's under his authority, and it's never man's. It's never man's opinions. It's never man's concepts. And, and we could go a hundred different ways from there. And so many people follow theologies of a man, and Mr. Hogue talked, we talk about that all the time. They build churches around a man who writes books. Why don't I follow that man? No, that's not building Christ's church. 
right? Or, or we follow that group, or I follow that school, or I follow this, this movement. It's not about that. That's not how Christ builds his church. It's on him, right? It's on his word. It, it, it's his line that, that he draws. So just thinking here, I, I'd like to look at the negative principle, and, and I'll just read 13 down to 18. And I'd like to look at the negative first. Because we've heard a lot of negative the last two years, and I don't think it's just on a pastor's level. You guys have heard the rumblings in the ranks. Um, there's been a lot of, of divisiveness, a lot of disgruntled people, hurt people, leaving people, people never going to come back to church again, or I'm going to leave this church and, and go to another church. There's been a lot of that. But verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Kind of thankful there that I don't decide whether I'm wise or not, it all has to do with this, right? It's, it's living this out. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works, okay, his building, what he's doing, what the Spirit is leading him in, right? That his works are done in the meekness of wisdom, right? This power under control as he's being led Right? He, he, he's living out as the spirits lead him. It's a, it's a weakness, part weakness, meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, another, another word or, or translation of that there I saw was, was piercing jealousy. Right, this idea, like when you're so self-absorbed, you're looking around and you're like, there, no, I, I need to do this for me. Right, that church is doing that. I need to do this for me. It's a, it's a piercing jealousy. If you have bitter envy, piercing jealousy, and self-seeking, right, if you have self, some sort of selfish ambition in your heart, James says, do not boast and lie against the truth. It's not just lying against the word of God that, that, that you know is true. That's lying against the spirit that's leading you against that. That's restraining the spirit that, that is trying to lead you away from that there. As, as, as leaders, as parents, we're responsible for other people's spiritual walk. And that, that selfish ambition, that, that piercing jealousy causes so much damage that people walk away never to come back. Verse 15 says, this wisdom does not descend from above. Right? What's leading your life, what you're applying your life does not descend from above but it's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. It's not of the Spirit, it's not of God, it's of Satan. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. We've seen a lot of that the last two years. Confusion wickedness but the wisdom that is from above okay and this is where we go christ is at the right hand of the father he's given us his spirit directly from the throne the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable gentle willing to yield right and we almost have to clarify willing to to yield as the spirit leads where where we're able to yield full of mercy and compassion and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. 
Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It's kind of neat as Paul writes about the walking in the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, James writes about it too. It's right here. Right? Here's your walking in this. This is your Galatians 5, James style. So just starting with the negative. James has already worked through there what a Christian with a self-agenda sounds like. Um, in these verses before us here, and James works through what a Christian self-agenda looks like. Verse, verse 14, and again, we're just going to look at the negative principle so we end on a good note. Uh, but if you have bitter envy, piercing jealousy, and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. And as you read that, you, you begin processing through that. I mean, what does a piercing jealousy look like in your life? Well, it becomes all about you, right? Doesn't it? You become self-absorbed. It's all about what I want, the, the direction that, that we need to take. This is, this is what we need to do. You know what? Almost, well, no, it is. Hey, I mean, this, this selfish ambition, this um, self-absorbed envy. And again, this is where it gets hard because I don't want to offend people, but I do want to get this picture out across. It says, do not boast and lie against the truth. That's not just lying against that word. That, that you're forcing that on someone else. Right? When, you're, when, you're, when you're building Christ's church, building a Christian home, building a ministry for you, you're forcing that on other people. Right? And, 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 and I just want you to settle that in there and we'll read that through again because these are, these are leaders. These are, are prevalent people. These are people that are sitting in the pews. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. That's your opinion. Right? Don't, don't force that on other people. This is Christ's church that we're building right? according to the, the Word of God. Working personal motives and agendas at the expense of truth is never acceptable, right? Never acceptable in the church, right? Again, it's the Spirit's leading. You're, you're, you're working through the Word of God. You're on your knees. The deacons are praying. I mean, it's, it, it's how that church, it's how the church must function. Lord, how are you leading in this? It's not about me. It's not about what I think. It's not about my opinion, right? Don't lie and boast against the truth. I do want us just to go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Could almost do a complete study on that earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom. And perhaps someday we may. All right, but it just having, it, having it, a, a grasp of what that looks like in the midst of Christians. Because right, when we get saved... We place our faith in Christ and, and we are regenerated, adopted, and dwelt, and sealed in Christ, and then we never sin again. <laughs> Just making sure everybody's awake. Oh, we, we begin our struggle with this sin nature. Does all our past simply go away? No, it's there. It's lingering. I mean, we get victory and, and we're promised final victory, but we still have to work through it. You know, I sometimes wake up there in the morning from dreams. I'm like, man, where did that come from? I mean, I, I'm almost nine years of not tasting a drop of alcohol, and yet that dream was like I was there. Right? Those things, those earthly things, don't instantly go away. 
right? But they do find themselves, if we're not careful, in our wisdom, in our understanding, in our opinions, and we can find ourselves going back to some of that thinking. Just read with me, Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you, who were dead in trespasses and sins, okay? Before we found Christ, we were lost in that cycle, right? Trespasses and sins. Now, it didn't have to be big sins. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be a meth addict. I mean, it's just sin. You're separated from God, right? You're tripped up. Your, your marriage, your parenting, it affects all of you. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you, right? And he's writing to believers here, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, Right, the orderly arrangement of those who do not belong to God. Those are our buddies from before. Right? Um, you know, you were born and raised in a Christian home. That was looking outside going, look at what they're doing. Right? Look, at, look at what's going on. The course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan. Okay? Peter rebuked, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. James is, is in the negative side of this, hitting these leaders, hitting these people that are forcing their own opinions, their, their piercing jealousy, their selfish ambition on other people. Right? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature... Right, by species. <laughs> James uses this word twice as well. It's an interesting connection to study out. By nature, children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were lost in that lifestyle and those mindsets and those, those opinionated things and, and those things that, let say the world just loves the, the backstabbing and the chirping and the, the digs and all that different stuff, right? Trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Whenever we read that word saved, we ask from what? Right? Now we understand that when you place your faith in Christ, you're positionally saved. Right? You place your faith in Christ and, and you're safe in the Father's right hand and, and you're guaranteed that place in the kingdom. But he just listed out the things that you used to do. Right? Those trespasses, the way you thought, the, the things that you enjoyed, the things that you watched on television, the kicks that you got, the comedians, all that different stuff that you, you used to participate in. By grace you have been saved. You've been saved from that positionally but also in your sanctification you're being led away from that and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ you're called to a higher standard that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for Christ for by grace you have been saved through faith you have that relationship with God but you are saved out of that lifestyle out of those opinions, out of those, the, the thought processes, out of the, the, the piercing jealousy and selfish ambition. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Being changed, being conformed to his image. 
Not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can't do anything for our salvation positionally. We can't do anything on our own other than surrendering to Christ to being changed. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should, we're not called to boast and lie against the truth. We're not called to that selfish ambition as Christ builds his church, if those things find ourselves in our midst, guess what? They're the things of the old life. They're the things that Satan is leading in. They're the things of the world. And you can see that. You can recognize that in our conversations, in the whisperings, in the, in the things that go on behind closed doors. Right? You know when Christ is leading. And you know when Satan is leading. Let's go back to James, and then I'm thankful we're almost done with the negative side of things here. Let's go back to James, the negative. Christ is building his house, not your house. And you can pretty much there identify that in, in your conversations. Right? Uh, bitter envy, verse 14, self-seeking in your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. Uh, it's Christ's house, not your house. So let's just simmer down a little bit with what, what we think and return to Scripture. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Did you make that connection right there from Ephesians? Right? Satan is leading those things that before, I mean, they can creep up. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And honestly, that would be a good description of what we've seen over the past two years. Not as a whole. I mean, we, great things have been done. The ministries continue to go forward and churches all over North America. I mean, there are some really good spiritual things going on. But then the flip side of that, there is a lot of confusion. There's a lot of evil. And I mean, evil doesn't have to be, you know, the, the most vilest of crime. But there's a lot of excused wickedness going on. Right? And we see that. We see that being played out. So let's return to the positive side here, okay? James works through what a Christ agenda looks like. And we'll step in verse 13. And uh, this, is, this is maybe a little bit more easier. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Now these early churches, as they were getting their start, it wasn't an easy thing. I mean, they were being persecuted. If Saul wasn't chasing them, the, the Pharisees, the synagogues were kicking them out. I mean, they, they were dispersed. It wasn't easy for them. So when it talks about the, the wisdom and understanding, um, this isn't, again, with a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate. This is those that are, 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 are reading and, and allowing God's Word to, to permeate them, and they're applying it to their lives. Okay, this wisdom and, and understanding. And we'll look at what Jesus says here in a minute there towards that. But that wisdom and understanding. You start settling in there. I mean, how much of the New Testament is written here when James is writing? Very, very little. I mean, scribes, maybe Matthew at this point. I mean, it's all right around the same time. I mean, these, the, 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 the wise and understanding are going straight from the Torah, the Old Testament Scriptures, Right? The example, God's character, his expectations. And they're going by the teachings of Jesus. Right? Who is wise and understand you? You're, you're, you're working through, okay, what did Jesus say? What governance did he give us? 
What do we have to put into practice here, right? Lord Jesus, lead us through your spirit in these things. And that takes on a significant role here, okay? Who is wise and understanding among you? I put this phrase down, taken from 1 Corinthians 3. A wise master builder will take care how he lays the foundation, right, of Christ's church. He will take care. Right? He, he, will, he will measure his words. He will, he will prayerfully take each step. Take care of how he leads the foundation and all involved must take care in how they build on it. This is Christ's church. This is speaking of the ministries. They are God's field, God's building, God's temple. We need to remember that we are building Christ's house and this comes with a warning. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works, his building, as, as he's, he, he's building for Christ, as the spirits laid him are done in meekness of wisdom. Come over to verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. As you're building Christ's house, right? as you're investing your life into the ministries, as us as men and young men taking the pulpits, right? The, the, we're, we're building Christ's house, His church, on His wisdom, His leading, His word. That it's first pure, and then it's peaceable. Right? When you recognize that, that Christ is building His church, that includes the people in the pews as well, right? When what's coming out, and, and it's, not just, it's not just criticism of the pastor and the leadership, but when you listen to the conversations in your midst, who's leading? I mean, is it, is, it, is it first pure, your conversations with other Christians? Is it peaceable? Is it gentle? I mean, Christ is building his church. The people are the church, right? The, the people are the body of Christ. Is it, is it peaceable? Is it gentle? Is it willing to yield to each other, to, to, to Christ first and then to each other? I mean, there's a, there's a unity that's being fostered there full of mercy, compassion, and good fruits, without partiality, right? Not separating from them because they think that way, right? Not putting them down because they're, they're, they look that way, or, or, and, and it goes on and on. Not with, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And, and one thing that, that stood out there from Wednesday night prayer meetings is hypocrisy is saying one thing with your mouth and not doing, <laughs> doing the other with your life. Right? You can speak, you can say, you can talk, you can, you, can, you can portray yourself, but if you're not willing to do it, you're a Pharisee. Right? And, and that, that's just calling it what it is. Not judgmental, I'm just reading through and we recognize that. That comes from the pulpits, and that comes from the, the deacons, the leadership, and that, that, that in fact, in fact, no, it does in fact, it influences and, and allows the people to function in this. And then verse 18, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And that's when you know the Spirit is leading in the church family. That's when you know that, 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 that Christ is in the midst. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. I just want to look at a couple of verses there with what Jesus had said about this, about meekness of wisdom, wise and understanding. 
And I think there that we, we've got the, the, the grasp of what James is saying. You can tell when, when Christ is building his church. You can tell when there's problems. You can tell when there's selfish ambitions, right, and piercing jealousy. You can tell when, when people have closed their Bibles and they've decided that this is just what we're going to do. Right? If I was to share that illustration, and again, I'm not politically or anything like this. This, this is just, just something that Chris and I experience when we were away on holidays, right? And it's a practice. We always look for a church, right, to encourage, you know, and I, always, I love going through the doors and, 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 you know, sometimes I'm asked to pray. You know, I haven't been asked to sing yet, <laughs> but I mean, just encourage some, some of these local churches, especially smaller ones. I love going into smaller churches and, 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 you know, if I can help out, can I read scripture? Can I do something, right? I, I love that. Well, the first church we went to, guess what? It, it had, you know, must have your vaccine passport right on the door. And, and I don't think it's any secret. My wife and I aren't vaccinated. So we couldn't worship with that church family. So then we went to another church and I had checked on the internet. And guess what? They, they were singing again. Everything seemed all excited, right? And, and I, I read through it fairly thoroughly and we went in and, and you know, people are coming in. We, we, we checked the doors for, for signs and, and everything like that because we were looking forward to worship with a church family. And we walked in through the doors and... and I saw the plexiglass there, and I thought, okay, they're contact tracing. And the first question that this woman asked me was, can I have your vaccination status? I said, ma'am, I, I don't have one. You know, and that's something that I, I've worked through. My wife and her, I prayed, and I mean medically. There's a list as long as my arm of why I, I, I felt God leading and not to get one. And, that man, and, and I could tell that these two women have never turned anybody away from a worship service before. I'm right, just working through that. And as I was thinking about, and, and again, I'm not, as I was working through, those two ladies couldn't give me a biblical reason why a pastor, teacher at MBBI, couldn't come in and worship with that church family. One of the main reasons was their membership was split over it. And they listened to the membership and are turning people who are not backs, members or not, and they're, they're, they, they, they made their decision based on opinion. Right now, I, I haven't had a chance, and I may never have a chance to talk to their deacons about it. But I thought through this verse. Right? When Bibles are closed, right? when people are making decisions based on what I think, and we've seen that, that is a very earthly, sensual, and I will say, if your Bible is closed, and you're not on your knees praying, that's a demonic thing. Regardless of what side of the fence you're on. And that's when it gets serious. So we come back there to, to Matthew chapter 5, and I'm not trying to cause trouble there. I'm just, just, we have a lot of confusion and evil things going on. There's a lot of hurt. And just because the, the mandates are lifted on the 14th doesn't mean this is going to go away. And we have to, we have to practice those fruits of the Spirit in those verses peaceable, pure, willing to yield, allowing Christ to lead us, but we also are going to have to face all that confusion and all that sin that's going to, to surface as well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus speaks to it. He's, he's on the, the Sermon on the Mount. He's got all his disciples, those that, are, he, that he's going to commit to leading for him, right, if they choose to believe and follow him. 
And he says in verse 5, blessed are the meek. Right? This isn't just a, a weakly and lowly. Right? These are the ones that understand. I mean, there, there's going to be a, a, a power given to them. Right? There's, a, there's an authority that's passed on. You're going to follow Christ. This is what you're going to represent. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Right? You live in obedience. You walk according to Christ's commands with his authority. Guess what? There's an inheritance. There's a coming kingdom that we anticipate. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I kept thinking through verse 13, that who is wise and understanding among you. It isn't just, wah. No, you're seeking. You have to seek it. You have to be hungry for it. You know, hunger, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You'll get that. You have the word. The Spirit will lead you there. The, the Christ will lead you through those things. So Jesus speaks to this. Let's flip the page to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24. James is addressing, I mean, whose house are you building? You know, are you building your own house with these selfish jealousies and your opinions and, and your selfish ambitions? Are you doing that? Or, or is Christ building his church through those positive things? And in verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. I was like, okay, that's, that's okay, wise man, who built his house on the rock, right on Christ, on his principles. As much as he thought, as much as he, he probably was influenced, as much as people were trying to drag him away, the wise man says, no. I'm building Christ's house on the rock. Okay, I'm centering my life. I, I, I'm serving in my church where we're building it on the rock. And does them, I will liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Right, that earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom had no place in that. He said No. Right? And he established that small group. He established that ministry. He established that church on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And that's when we see those principles of James. I mean, James heard these messages. Right? Uh, who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. So just making that connection, James is speaking to the leaders. I mean, whose house are you building? Your own ambitions? Right? Your own piercing jealousy? Or are you building it on Christ? Right, and we see the product of that. It, either, it doesn't just survive. I mean, it, 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 it makes it through those storms. It's built on the foundation of the, the rock or it falls flat. Right? And, and James in chapter 5 is going to continue to, to rebuke them for that. See, the wise man understanding, the wise man building. And we'll just close with just reading down through 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn there with me and we'll be done. We are building Christ's house. My opinions, <laughs> I mean, it, 
it selfish ambitions was little if no place in the church of Christ right? little, little if no this building Christ's house the leaders in James are, 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 are building it on what they think um, jealousies, selfish ambitions there's confusion, there's every evil thing and, and Paul addresses this many years later in chapter 3, 1 Corinthians. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. There was sin. They weren't functioning. They didn't understand. There must have been lots of piercing jealousies, right? Piercing jealousies and selfish ambition. They were carnal. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. These are believers. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, where's that word? Strife and divisions among you. I just kept thinking there, this, this is nothing new, but James is addressing it in James. And Paul's having to hit it hard here in 1 Corinthians 2. I mean, don't, don't boast and lie against the truth. These guys are creating, they're building their own house. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Following men. Following men, now we understand Paul and Apollos were preaching for Christ, but, but, but making that primary over following Christ. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? Even here, Paul is setting himself aside. And saying, you believed in Christ. Christ is the foundation. Christ is the rock. I planted the polis watered, but God gave the increased. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Remember I was talking about that work? Right? Good conduct and his works. That's the building part. As they're serving Christ, they're building Christ's church. They're building his ministries. We think of, of how we build our Christian homes. We disciple our children, right? Our, our work is the building. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which has given to me as a wise master builder. Jesus spoke about that. Oh, the wise man building his house on the rock. A wise master builder. Not on my ideas. Not on my, my concepts. Not on my opinions. It's on Christ. Lord Jesus, lead us. I have, wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. And again, I'm thinking that 14 to 16, the negative side of things. And then we have the positive, the walking in the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, building for Christ in James. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that's when James just, just, just connected so heavily there. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, um, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day judgment seat will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is 
If anyone's work, and again with that building, right? If anyone's work, building, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work or building, Christ's church is burned, he will suffer loss. For he himself, but he himself, will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are... Let's pause there for a second. Verse 16, are we there? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? That you is plural as he's writing. The church. What we're building, what we're investing in. That's the purity of this. That's what James wasn't seeing. That's what James is rebuking. Okay, there, there, was, there, was, there was a defilement in the midst of Christ's church. It, it wasn't being built on the foundation. It was being built on a man's ideas. If any, pardon me, do you not know, plural, that you are the temple of God, the church, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Right now we understand personally, but these yous are plural. This is the church. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will, say, destroy him. We're back to that James 3.1, about the teachers facing stricter judgment. God takes this teaching thing seriously. God takes this building his house seriously. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. When I say that, there's a lot of, a lot of different connections, and I encourage you to study out, but this this, this teaching, this building Christ's house, you being the church as people, that's a serious thing. What comes out of our mouths, what we put as priority, what we talk about behind closed doors is a serious thing because it gives evidence as to who is leading it. So we read through that. James is calling out and contrasting churches led by corrupt leadership. Right, and that kind of is where it starts, right? Leadership, we're responsible, we're responsible for, for hitting these things on its head. The spiritual condition is evidenced by what churches do. You read through James, and you ask yourself, what's coming out of people's mouths? What are people doing? Who is leading this church? Who's wisdom, right? Is it earthly, sensual, and demonic, or is it, is it from Christ? Are they going to their Bibles? What, what is the beginning? What are they building off of? The spiritual condition of the church is evidenced by what churches do. And that's not just our church. You guys are going to be asked from churches around, what are you doing? Right, what is your beginning point? What's your church family saying? Right, and what should your answer be? I guess maybe we know what it should be. <laughs> it needs to be evidenced by, okay, this is, this is what we have been doing. This is what's leading us. And, not, and I'll, I'll be honest, not everybody's on board with that. Right? And we know that. Lastly, I was just thinking there with that, um, closing that James, and I invite you to read back through that um, at some point. James is calling out the spiritually dead churches that are falling flat. And that hurt me even as I was typing that out because I know a lot of churches are hurting and it's not just a financial thing. I know people have walked away this past two years that may never step foot in their church again. All right? And some of it, I mean, it's not a case of whether they're saved or not. They're just in that place. All right? And it's a recognition that, that, that Christ builds his church in those beginning points that laying that foundation, it's a non-negotiable. And... Uh, 
We need to prayerfully make our, our next steps as we, we work our way out of this COVID era. So let me pray. And I am very much open for discussion about any of this. Um, join us tonight. Join us prayer meetings. Join us Saturday mornings. Join us, join us, join us, join us. And, and that's honestly the beginning points uh, for how we can unify and, and allow Christ to build his church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just think of just the different verses, the passages that we've looked at. And Lord, it's, it's a principle that we can't dance around. Lord, when we think of, of all the things that we've heard and seen and, and still uh, process, Lord, I think of, of the older generations, the, the younger generations, the younger, younger generations, Lord, and everybody seems to be on a different playing field. Lord, nobody seems to be unified in anything. Everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own wisdom, next steps. And Lord, I pray that you would unify us here at Coldstream. Lord, I pray that you would bring us together, that we would begin in prayer. Lord, we, we've gone through such a, a turmoil these past two years, and it's not done yet. Lord, and prayer is where we begin. Lord, with your word open, and, and Lord, just talking through these things, Lord, that's, that's the only way that, that the spiritual body of Christ is going to come together to be unified, and, and quite frankly, it's the only way we're going to survive. Lord, guard, help us, help us to guard against being led away or led back into the, the world's way of thinking. Uh, lead us as we separate from, from the things that, that could cause us even more damage lord and then i do think of of other churches in our own area and then out bigger lord there's so much hurt so much division lord and the world watches this and i just think of john 17 as we represent you in that spiritual fellowship i don't think we're doing a very good job lord bring us together lord knit us together and lord i pray that 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 the spiritual intimacy would just become contagious and then this church would grow Lord, that the, the, it, it would become a pillar once again, Lord, and we would just see people there reaching out desperate for the things of you. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.